1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, the NBA playoffs is down to the conference finals. We're into the NHL final. Major League Baseball is in full swing. And if you want to
1: place a bet on the action,
2: BetOnline is the place to do it.
1: So you just named three sports tomorrow postseason. One of them is getting to the postseason. And all I need to do is go to Bet Online to make any kind of wage I need to. Bet that I'm betting online every time I need to bet.
2: Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch ahead, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Burke, and joined, as always, by my guy, 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. And I.T., just like you're a two-time Super Bowl champion, on today's show, of the Believe in Steelers podcast, our first two-time guest of the podcast. I'm really excited.
1: Man, I can't wait. Uh, he really doesn't need any intro. I worked for this guy for a couple of years. Got his own personality. Uh, Very insightful. I'm glad to have Dave Damoshek on the show coming soon.
2: Dave, welcome in. And I know you guys worked hand in hand for a number of years together. And I kind of wanted to open this up because I know it was a a Batman and Robin. I mean, I know it was like a 1A, 1B. I don't know if you're the Justice League, but no, you did a lot of ridiculous segments together. And I, I wanted to start with you actually is. When you worked with Dave, what was, like, the most ridiculous segment he had you do together?
1: Oh, man. Dave had me doing this uh, chalice. So this chalice. So Dave had me doing, Dave had me doing like, I'm sit, me and him sitting on the throne, and we got a chalice, and we holding the chalice cups, and we picking with team uh, that we like for that week. But the segment was wasn't it wasn't on the producer man it had to be on Dave but Dave always come with some weird kind of stuff so I'm like I, I was calling my uh, my homeboy at the time my cousin I'm like bro like check like he real good at what he do but I don't know with this Chalice and sitting on the throne and wearing the king's hat kind of stuff I don't think it was the producer who came up with this idea I thought I think it was more of Dave's idea so ah um, oh, you yeah. got
0: off easy. I- Maurice Jones-Drew, <laughs> I used to put Maurice Jones-Drew on, uh, on a magic carpet, and he and I would fly through football games on a magic carpet and uh, go in and out of different stadiums. Actually, you see what I'm saying, the Mark? best one you, me, and Maurice did together was when the we climb, climbed the mountain climb. When we climbed, yeah. climbed Mount Lombardi to see who was going to yes. win the Super Bowl, like Batman and Robin in the 60s uh, Batman right. show, climbing up the side. We climbed up the snow. Ike, that's right ike was buried in the in a uh, <laughs> in the snow and he just rose up out of nowhere covered in snow and everything it was very very stupid i have a question though um i look at you mark and you're all tan and and finally <laughs> i i wonder like do you do do you guys um do you guys talk about who's more handsome between the two of you
2: that's a great question. Uh, I will say this. I've got age on Ike. That would be the one thing. I mean, here's the thing, Dave. We're talking apples and oranges. You're, put, you're pitting me up against a professional athlete. Now, the joke I always have in my family is my older brother got my uncle's jeans. He's six foot tall. I'm 5'8 if you're generous. But what I will tell people is I got my mom's olive skin as so long as I put on sunscreen I have a nice glow, a nice bronze. So, despite not having, you know, despite my height limitations, I would leave it at that. But better looking between me and I, me and Ike. I mean, it just kind of depends on what your flavor is.
1: Apples and oranges, more like See, apples. Grape. You're. That's list. that's a that's a damn good answer, Mark. I appreciate that. Other than Shaq, who's sitting in the middle of us, if you ain't know no better, man, you'll think he's sixty-seven. But that's my guy. And I, don't with, so I don't know what that's supposed to be.
0: I didn't come on here to be attacked by you, Ike. Hey, speaking of numbers, that's a question I have for you, Ike. You saw the rules change with the you're allowed to wear whatever number you want. Would Ike Taylor, if he were drafted in 2021, would he set aside the 2-4 and go with a single digit or
1: otherwise? Well, yeah. that 9 would have looked so good. That 9, nine probably would have given me superpowers if I would have, because that's my favorite number, if they would have had number nine sitting up waiting on me, man, that thing, man, I, I probably would have made a Pro Bowl. I probably would have been a pro. I probably would have went to the Hall of Fame, but I probably wouldn't have won a Super Bowl. And I probably wouldn't have been on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, therefore, I am grateful that 24 was twenty 24. Um, because you can't I, get why number nine. I don't know. It's, it's So it's the it's the ninth war. So while coming from in New Orleans, you know how we, ha- you know how other people have counties? We have wards. So we still of a few. I think it's us, then it's like a little section of Texas uh, that have wards, not counties. Still old school. So, you know, I come from the Ninth Ward, so I was just, I was mentally, I was raised the way I was raised when it comes down to being mentally tough. Seen a lot in the Ninth Ward. I think at the time, the Ninth Ward was the biggest county in new Orleans. So for me, man, I always just like to represent that nine. So that nine been something to me, man. It, it just, it, it it still today runs through my blood that number nine.
0: It is crazy too. You know, people talk about where I come from the banks of the three rivers where I toiled for a dozen years. He's familiar with it as well. People are very proud in that neck of the woods of all the QBs and it is crazy. I don't know what explains it, but, from Pittsburgh, or the greater Pittsburgh area, came Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Terrell Pryor. The list goes on and on for high-end quarterbacks. And a lot of those guys I just named, obviously, have gold jackets, too. And down where Ike's from, the Bayou, I don't know why, but it produces high-end receivers and DBs. It's really weird. If you look at it, look at all the high end guys. I mean, it starts with Odell is probably the most prominent, but Jarvis Landry, his LSU pal Ike RC number twenty five, who stood next to Ike in the black and gold for a bunch. Hey man. You can go.
1: You can go. You can go. Tyron Matthew. You can go. Pat. Right. You can go. Uh, who else? You can go. You can go. Me. You can go. I'm trying to see if we can go deep, man. I think I looked at the study. And from just our city, we ain't talking about Louisiana. We're just talking about New Orleans. I think we produce, other than Miami, other than Miami, we produce per ratio more receivers and DBs in the NFL than any other city.
0: Well, Hall of Fame-bound Reggie Wayne's from the Bayou.
1: Correct. Airy. Every-
0: Ed Reed, right. What about Van, uh, Van Jefferson, too, right? I mean, all those Van, LSU guys, I'm guessing, are, yeah, Van, are from that area.
1: But we, we got some. Matter of fact, it's crazy. I'm on a group text with my homeboys who are from New Orleans, and they're a very powerful group. And they they showed me the list of guys that we got from that one little city. It's a, it's a small area. The radius, the mile radius ain't that large. But just from that one little city, Leonard Fournette, that, just just one little city, man. They got so many guys in that area, in the NFL.
0: It's, It, it really is. It's hard to explain. I always make the joke that I could go out for, I could make the, uh, the U.S. Winter Olympics team by just declaring I'm, I'm going to be a luge guy because can there be more than three people in America who have ever luged in their life? The answer is no. So just by merely volunteering, I'd make the luge. And in the meantime, Norway and places like that they win all the gold medals and they only have i think like 220 people or so who live in those countries it's because of coming up around that everybody around you is doing it but it is really weird i you you throw out Fournette and there are some other names but for the most part it i i don't know what the why is everybody a db or a receiver who comes out of there and they wind up in the nfl it's a the 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 bayou is lousy with receivers and and uh, guys covering the receivers
2: When I watch the Olympics Olympics later this summer, Dave, I'm going to think of you when I'm watching that event.
0: Well, the other one that's weird is in the same thing, where they do the luge, they also do the bobsled. Explain this one to me. Um, Why do we have a two-man bobsled and a four-man bobsled? The two-man seems to take care of everything. The two-man, you have the guy driving it, you have the little guy in the front, he steers the thing. Um, and then there's the guy in the back who pushes it. Okay, that's it. That's a bobsled race. What do the other two guys do? And they're just along for the ride. That might be my next sport, too. I might be the third guy on the bobsled team. I'll just sit in the middle and get all the glory. I get a medal. You guys push and steer and everything else. I'm along for the ride. I mean, it's the most bogus, fraudulent way to get a medal, and uh, that's why Dave Damashek is here to announce that he is making himself available Uh, uh, for the U.S. bobsled team.
1: So since we're talking about Olympics and games, I guarantee you, in the next six, the Olympics will be picking up cornhole. That's a got wrong, to you. <laughs> and I will be registering my name in the Olympics for cornhole.
0: This is big. They're breaking news. This is a, this is big news. Oh, if they add Connect Four, I might win. I know Mark Spitz and what's his name, Michael Phelps, like, and Carl Lewis. They won. Gold, they won a bunch of medals, but all in one thing, you know, in like track and field or in swimming or whatever. Damashek's going to break the mold because I'm going to win gold medals in bobsled and then in connect four. And then people will also say, like, whoa, your friend Ike Taylor just won in cornhole too. And, and hold uh, on,
1: Shaq. We'll, we'll, we'll look so at you, medals
0: and everything. It'll be cool.
1: So, Shaq, are you, you know, in bobsled, you got to run whether you're the first or second leg right you do know that right 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 so when the last, when the last time you ran or sprinted over 20 yards
0: well I not not thank you for bringing that up and uh, helping me <laughs> in my campaign thank you for for bringing that up. I haven't which means I'm nice and fresh and ready to go what you don't want you don't want to be Zeke Elliott so much wear and tear damn, nice and fresh, <laughs> nice and fresh zero running. Zero running for years on end. These legs see, are ready to
2: go. See, I I envisioned Dave as the John Candy role in Cool Runnings too. That's what I envisioned in in this grand scheme.
1: One hundred percent.
0: I don't know what that's supposed to mean. He was a he was a talented <laughs> man, but he was also a man of a certain carriage. Jack he... is nice and lean by comparison. Look at that. You can barely even see me when I turn to the side. Look at that. I'm willowy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, let me try to get this back on track. Dave, I saw on Twitter last week on the we're same still day we're
0: on the bobsled track. We never left it friend. Come on.
2: Keep this up. is true. This is true. I saw your tweet last week on the same day. The Steelers cut David DeCastro and then they bring in Trey Turner on the same day and this is what makes you the internet's best Steelers fan. You tweet out our short regional nightmare has come to an end. How nervous were you last week upon the news of hearing about David DeCastro? And again, less than 24 hours, it was on the same day they bring Trey Turner in. But what was going through your mind when that when when all that went down last week?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's less than ideal to be. What are we 30ish days away from going to training camp, and you have basically a brand new offensive line? I'll defer to Ike on this, but I I, I think I don't want to talk for Ike on this, but I think even he will tell you. The mystery of offensive line play is difficult for almost any person who loves football. And I certainly do. I love watching football and have spent uh, a, an insane, a number of my precious hours here on the big blue marble watching it. But I don't know who, who leans good on other 300 pound men. Like who's good at doing that versus not. So, like I say, I defer to a small handful of friends who actually played the position. I, I dare say Ike, and a lot of guys who play on the outside don't even fully have a grasp of who is effective at doing it in run versus pass and who's a good blend of that. Um, you know, after you saw December, the way things wound up, and, you know, I'm a big uh, number seven fan and his ability to, to perform over the course of his career. It's not a coincidence that neither he nor Tomlin has had a losing season. So I think all the doom and gloom you're hearing is, uh, is overly cynical as far as I'm concerned. But the fact is Roethlisberger's best trait compared to other Hall of Famers in uh, football history is the, not rare, but the unique ability he's had for the majority of his career to have giant guys bounce off of him and extend plays and get outside the pocket and really playground it in a way that, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson's good at it. Aaron Rodgers is good at it. Steve Young and a couple of Mike Vick, some guys, but, but His physical ability to to take hits and and, and bounce off them and all of that, that is not a thing anymore for Roethlisberger. So that adjustment of, like, that's Roethlisberger back there, got to get that out of your head. He is – he moves in the pocket less legitimately than Tom Brady does. You know, he he is a static target for the pass rush at this point. I don't know if it's an arthritic knee or what, but he just can't move very well. So, obviously – the offensive line's play is everything this year. And I, ultimately, though, for all the negative kind of insinuations I just made there, Ike knows better than I do. Kevin Colbert's as good as it gets in this business. And if he feels okay with Chukes and Banner as your two tackles, then that it, it's sort of like when you're on a plane and it gets real turbulent for a second and you're like, oh my God, I don't know, are we going to make it? People always say, look at the flight attendant. Are they freaking out? No, then you don't have anything to worry about. If Kevin Colbert isn't freaking out, if he's not like, we got to get a tackle no matter what happens going into this draft, and they go a few rounds before they even take one, then it leads me to believe, and he knows better than I do about the personnel they have in there, that Chooks and Banner, they have some confidence in what they're going to be able to do. I also think the weird thing with DeCastro specifically is, and I'm sorry as I complete my monologue here, um, is that uh, there's something weird. There has been something weird going on with DeCastro since last season. His heart didn't seem to be in it. Now we hear about ankle issues all through the season. Um, Why that wasn't dealt with three months ago is curious to me. I wonder if Ike has any insight on that. It's very weird that, in late June, that's when the Castro gets the boot, and, and uh, there's got to be something to them not making this move pre-draft or during the free agency
1: process. So it can <clears throat> it can go two ways with this. And how I look at it when they let the Castro go was, it's his hardening. Like you said, and if he's if he's borderline thinking about retirement, you just need to retire because you're not going to put 100% into this sport. And to play this organized, violent sport, you have to be 100%. That's why I I took my hat off to Pouncy, because he was borderline and thinking about retiring, and he retired. He was like, man, I'm not going to play no games with my body. I'm not going to play no games with my mind. I'm definitely not going to play no games with football in this organization. I just don't feel it anymore. Man, I'm gone. You know, so... And for for the Castro to have been going through, because over the past couple of years, he's been going through some injuries. So for him to go through injuries, um, for for him to to teeter with retiring, man, this might be his best asset. And he's looking at and then this generation, ain't like my generation, we fought and clawed and played through any kind of injury we wanted to. And that was just a tough man mentality. You know, this generation, like, uh, let me check my bank account. Uh, my bank account say I'm good for the rest of my life. I still want to be able to play with my kids. When I turn 50, 60 years old, oh, yeah, I'm about to see y'all later, man. I thank y'all for everything y'all done for me, but I'm out. So that's how this generation thinks, which I also took my head to as well. But when you want to talk about trade, Trey Turner, that's another New Orleans guy. I hate to say it, so I got to be biased <laughs> with that. So – I know for sure Trey like doing the ones right now. I mean, meaning he's going to sign for one year. He's going to see how he do next year. So a lot of these guys are getting smarter, even when they sign, regardless on what you want to think about them. Man, I'm, I'm going to do one and done unless you really give me some money to, to, to make me sit and stay. So uh, Pittsburgh, you know, for for the most part, and you say the best, Dave, Kevin Colbert and in that front office, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time. Now they give it to Coach Tomlin, and let and let Coach Tomlin figure out the personnel and the X's and O's, and okay, can he play tackle? Or do we need to put him at guard? Blase, blase. So, for me, when the Castro retired, you know it is it, it's, it's always good because I know a few Green Berets and a few team team guys who who are in the military, and they say, all right, what keeps us good? We never panic. When bullets get the flying past our head, when they get the whistling past our bodies, we just never panic. We're always under control. That's how I look at the Pittsburgh front office. Regardless on of what's going on, and regardless on whether we like or dislike what they're doing in the front office, they never panic. So that's why I commend Kevin Coburn, you said the best, man. Which Ozzy, is a hall of fame over there at Baltimore. And I think Kevin Colbert will be the same. A Hall of Fame, you know, GM. He will make it so. That's what I do like about Pittsburgh. One, you get stability. Two, you got a guy like Kevin Cove in the front office. He just never panics.
0: Well, and by the way, can I just say one thing, though, Mark? Um, Yeah, I do have to call out, like you say, this generation's players making business decisions. Do not go back and look at the Jaguars at Steelers playoff game when the aforementioned uh, human bowling ball named Maurice Jones Drew made a beeline at – at, at the goal line and ike taylor was right there kind of tangling with a 170 pound wide receiver there who was that again i'm trying to think of who it was there for the jaguars you're like yeah, as though you couldn't break the break that guy's block and maurice jones grew just runs into the end zone right by him i've asked Ike what happened there ike uh I, I seem to recall business decision being uh his answer there so interesting that you're calling out today's players ike.
1: no it wasn't a business decision he had a you know. strong grip. And when a young man has a karate grip grip on you, when his sis when his sis is an eight degree black belt and you can't really move, ain't too much (laughs) I can do. It was the, it was that Arizona
2: receiver. What was that guy? I'm trying to think of who that was. Uh, See, see, I don't want to beat up on Ike this week because with Demarius Thomas's retirement, Ike and I saw on Twitter, some people are going after you. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to beat you up this week. Ike, you're my guy.
1: No, I saw, I saw the Demarius Thomas tweet, and I, bet, yeah. between between Demarius and, you know, Tim Tebow, I, I like both of them guys, you know, but, you know, nothing wasn't handed to me. You know, I wasn't, I was, I was a walk-on. I've been to two Super Bowls. I think between the two, I probably had a longer career between the two if I'm just correcting myself. So it's all good, man. People say what they want to say, and, and they're fans. So I, I get them being fans, but how I look at myself, uh, not not going in as on scholarship, not coming out as any stars. When you want to talk about a, a five or four star, and for me had to go through what I went through, man, I'm cool. But man, you talk about a guy who played 12 years. So basically, wait a I second, wait through, a second.
0: Nobody asked you for your autobiography, your inspirational autobiography you here. Like right? we're talking about the Marius Thomas. You don't have to go in a little deep with the experience. Speaking of, good for you. I'm well, glad. I'm, so, I'm glad you had a nice I'm so career. Useful.
1: I'm so used to Range Rovers, they, they do have an autobiography. So that's why I'm giving my autobiography. I don't even know what that means, but to
0: the matter at hand, Demarius <laughs> sorry, exactly. Thomas stiff-armed you. What? I, here's the, I always defend you, I de- and I defend that Steelers team on the field that was left in that overtime. Right. You had Casey Hampton and Brett Keisel out. Ryan Clark didn't even go there. Keenan Lewis had a bad leg. I think you were down Cortez Allen in that game as well in other words you were decimated by injury it does beg the question why what do you recall from dickie lebeau or whoever was in the huddle there in overtime why were you in that extreme um defense that basically singled you up with the the one playmaker that they had on the field in overtime
1: no that was that was a good play at a good time i talked to uh I talked to Tober. So Tober is the wide receiver coach who was coaching my wide receivers at Lafayette, Louisiana. He wound up being wide receiver coach for the Denver Broncos. So they saved that play because they knew what kind of defense who was going to be in. So they Mm -hmm. saved that play for the right play. So that was the right, that was the right time, right call, right play. As far as the stuff on, I'm cool. I'm cool with the stuff on because you can off of me, you can say Pittsburgh came in with four Super Bowls, and since I've been playing for 12 years, we don't want two. So now you can say, man, as a fan, Dave Dumarshek, man, man, I'm a six time. My city have six. At first, you were saying my city have four. Now since Ike Taylor stepped, since Ike Taylor stepped into the building, you can say, no, I have six. Before Ike Taylor, all you can say is, no, we have four. I celebrate you and what
0: you what you brought. And listen, you know what I want
1: to Ike Taylor.
0: (laughs) I I, I shouted. I already shouted you out. Double. This is this is beneath you, Uh, First the autobiography, then it, then the party isn't big enough for him, so he celebrates himself. Listen, I want you know what I want? I want a black and gold number nine Ike Taylor jersey. That's what I want. That's that. That's what I'm gonna get for my wall to celebrate you forever. Dave, oh,
2: I have Robert, a question. I for Dave, I have a question for you about Ike, but we got to take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about Moink. Moink is created by an eighth generation farmer. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary says it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ike, they're supposed to send us some samples of moink. I want to give this a try when they do. But I'm excited to have them as a presenting sponsor of the Believe It Steelers podcast. Man,
1: appreciate appreciate Moink for, for for sponsoring the Believe in Steelers podcast. Like I say, man, if you like that oink, you might as well go on to that moink.
2: Join the Moink movement today and go to the (laughs) moinkbox.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, right now. The listeners of the show, Ike, and you're laughing, get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. It's the best bacon you'll ever taste for a limited time. That's moinkbox.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Dave, I've got to ask you, I've been working with Ike now since October of 2019, He predicted that Baylor would win the national title before the start of March Madness. He predicted the 49ers would draft Trey Lance with the third overall pick. And he also predicted the Steelers' first loss of the 2020 season against Washington a year ago. My question for you is this. At what point did you realize that Ike is a psychic? (laughs) Uh,
0: Listen, there's nobody. I say it all the time. I'm not just a fan of the human being he's one of my 10 favorite people I don't want to give him a big head and say number one because that doesn't sound real anyway like you're my favorite guy (laughs) like yeah I bet you say that to at least three or six other people I'm just saying he's in my top 10 favorite people but as a football player I really do um on some level I Heinz Ward became sort of the personification of the early 21st century Steelers for a lot of people and I think defensively that guy is Ike Taylor. He embodies or football in, in, in just about every way. And I say, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot, not to get saccharin, but it is always worth repeating. Ike, all you need to know about Ike, and I've watched him in many different settings from dealing with the lowest uh, assistant on the, on the pay scale or whatever, the receptionist, how he deals with those people, security guards, on up to Jeff Goldblum. Hollywood elite, and they all fall in love with Ike within four minutes, and so too did Dan Rooney. It's not a coincidence that for all those Steelers, the Dan Rooney with all the Lombardis that Ike mentions um, over the years, and all the legends who walk the streets of Pittsburgh still, that the one guy Dan Rooney said, "I want my family, and a part of that family is number nine. I mean, number twenty-four, Ike Taylor, <laughs> to uh, to be a part of it." Says everything you you need to know about. Uh, about Ike but uh as a part of all that for all the fun we have there's no better uh, uh, there aren't very many people I turn to for like what's really going on I- with football than uh, than Ike Taylor he's a, he's a, as sharp a cookie as there is how he picked Baylor let's describe that one to a fluke he doesn't know what he's talking about with basketball that he doesn't know um but you know what I was just saying nice things about him so we'll leave it at that But everybody gets lucky once in a while. You
1: know, i've got to keep I mean, telling I did I did, I did I did i did go to college for basketball <laughs> i was a walk on for football so
0: well then that I don't bring gotta, that up bike because then i have to bring up the fact that i humiliated you in a free throw shooting contest once. can you imagine yeah, my- he says bad things about me and my weight my age and everything else still still spry enough to whip him in a free throw. can you imagine he's a professional athlete He's a professional <laughs> athlete, and I shot free throws. I I embarrassed him in free throw shooting. And you know what? Don't feel too about bad about it either, though. I because I'm also a better free throw shooter than 21st century NBA superstars like uh, like 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 uh, like Giannis and Shaq Fu. So and, so why so why are you so, in, so you're camera? in good company, Ike. You're in good company. Why
1: are you, why are you so close to the camels?
0: because I, I don't want anyone misinterpreting my words.
2: I never understood
0: with the free
1: throws <laughs> why they
2: either don't shoot with the opposite hand or try Rick Barry style. I, I've never understood. It is understood crazy. That. It
0: is crazy that their dignity, like, that in their head, like, ah, oh, I won't, I'll, I'll seem effeminate or something, is what, like they say, shoot them underhand. What difference does it make? Wouldn't you rather win the game? It's that embarrassing to shoot underhand that you can't bring yourself to do it? Come on, Giannis
1: from what i was told that was the best free throw day in dave damashek life you, you beat me you saw so how silky I, I,
0: smooth that left uh, you know how silky it. smooth that is that they don't no,
1: even look right it looks like you got a problem with your left hand when you do that
0: you know what ike is also upset i'm sorry to derail the show but i also want to bring this well, up too
2: Mark. no we'll have to rearrange for a rematch at some point Dave, a few other questions we Wait, have for I want to tell you one you... more thing. Go ahead. We can free okay, okay. throw, shoot it, all, uh, and we already know the result there. <laughs> that was a
0: blowout. A little bit closer competition. Mark, you don't know me, but you can see that I, I got the goods. You can feel it coming through the computer screen. Ike thinks I can't do this. Nate Burleson thinks I can do this, which is throw a touchdown pass to Nate Burleson with four tries from the 10-yard line. And if we go from the hash to the sideline, can't have the whole field, that'd be too easy. From hey, the hash Mark, to the sideline. Nate Burleson, so, I can throw a touchdown pass in four tries with Ike Taylor Mark, covering him. Do you think Mark, that's possible? Mark?
1: This 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 is a sad thing, Mark. So he can shoot a free throw. He can't dribble. It's not true. He can't try to go. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. But the man, the man is the man is smart and intelligent when it comes down to breaking down football and talking football and being the historian for football, you can't throw a football, Mark.
0: And, but we just talked about that. Everybody from Pittsburgh has a rocket for an arm. Mine happens to be attached to my left shoulder blade, but it's effective Mark. like
1: Marino or anyone else. He gets what he
2: gets. If he gets four tries, I'll take just the large sample size. that would be able to get one just because you, you, he has four. you
1: know, I'll tell you this, Mark you know when you start sweating and you haven't even tried to throw the football yet so basically Shaq was sweating so bad i said damn Shaq, we ain't even we ain't even throw the football yet must have been nervous i'm (laughs) swarthy
0: i'm swarthy it's 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 in my blood you know i run hot ike you know that's i'm I'm, i it's not a coincidence (laughs) that i also happen to be for a lot of people i'm a, a a surprisingly vigorous lover but you know I run hot. That's how my people go. You know, And you know, that's uh, I, I think that's all I should say on that. What, what, what are your other? I, I
2: think it's I think it's more of a of a seven on seven situation. I think that always favors the offense that just and now if we're talking with linemen, too, we're talking a whole nother,
1: a whole nother story. Mark, Before he can football like, with seven right. on. Mark, if you see him throw a football, you'll be very upset.
0: That is, I don't. I mean, I really. I at some point it, it becomes. It, it's not, I like to have fun, but sometimes you go too far, right? Because now you're making it sound. You've given me no choice but to show the video. I'm going to share it with Mark after the fact of me throwing a uh, a pass to your old pal Antonio Brown, and then we'll see. Right. If he's got a nice looking whip.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, that Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Hall of Fame game, because me and my son to be there. Matter of fact, we'll be there for eight days because the inductees for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, do I think it's a needed game? No. Would I like to see Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph go at it? Yes, because I don't think Ben will play or play to little to none. So, it's going to be a good game to watch. But for me, I'm looking at this game in the quarterback, the quarterback room between Dwayne Haskins, former Washington team uh, quarterback. And Mason Rudolph, who have been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for a minute, I want to see them boys battle out, battle, fight it out, battle, and and see who gonna get that second slot when it comes down to it. Me personally, I'm gonna put my head. I'm gonna put my money on Dwayne. I'm gonna bet online when it comes down to Dwayne. And the reason why I think, I think he embraces this atmosphere. I think he embraces the the culture for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he embraces. The the guys, the personnel he have around him. Um, when you want to talk about a good defense, I'm not taking nothing away from the Washington team beast, but uh, Pittsburgh still has got a nice a, a nice defense as well. When you want to talk about weapons on the uh, offensive line and the offensive side, I think Dwayne Haskins will benefit well. When you want to talk about coaches who are gonna put him in the right place and educate him, but him got now he's having a, a veteran, a future Hall of Fame guy to to look up to in big Ben. I think that would benefit him as well. Um, sometimes you just take things for granted. And I'm not saying Mason Rudolph is taking anything for granted. All I'm saying is uh, Dwayne Haskins was supposed to be the man at Washington. But no nobody really never taught him from a professional standpoint how to be the man. So now you get a big bend, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and a Pittsburgh stiller. hey, bro, this is how you need to conduct yourself this is what you need to do as far as like on the field and off the field. This is how you just stay calm through adverse situations when you're getting sacked or they're showing you something different on the field. This is how you handle this. So, but, 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 but just the fact, and we talked about this on the show, Mark, the fact that big Ben said the man can throw a football through a car wash and not get wet because big Ben gives nobody props in that locker. I mean, in that, in that quarterback room, nobody. But the fact he said that, and we talk about hitting the light bulb switch and always listening to players talk about players because they're telling you a story. The fact that Seven said that, I said, okay. When, when number seven retires, Pittsburgh got action with Dwayne Haskins.
2: Dave, I, you dropped out and you're back with us now. This is an homage to your Super Bowl Media Day coverage. August 8th, Steelers-Cowboys-NFL Hall of Fame game to kick off the preseason. Is it a must-win game for Pittsburgh?
0: I'm going to go with no. And as usual, I will give you a month away now from preseason football games. Do not watch them if you want to try to figure out what's going to happen. If you're going to be putting money on these games or otherwise your, your personal integrity as you pick these games, do not allow yourself to be duped by the month-long lie for your eyes that is preseason football games. Every year you watch these games and you think, ooh, this guy's going to be a factor for the team. Ooh, look out for this guy. And then they never play or they're overmatched by first-string talent. Why? Because first-string talent doesn't go out onto the field in preseason, or if they do, they're going at 80% because they're not going to show what they've got. Don't watch preseason. As I always say, it is a Civil War reenactment. You know, it it looks like a football game. The uniforms are the same, but it but but they are bad actors within them. It's like if you go to Gettysburg right now, there will be little tells that betray what you're looking at. Like what? They're the Confederate soldiers. They're the Union soldiers. Wait a second. That Confederate general's drinking a Mountain Dew. That's what happens when you watch preseason football. Wait, that third string QB? Boy, he maybe is better than Roethlisberger. No, he's not. He's just playing a, against guys like Dave Damaschek in middle of August. It will change when the, when the real games begin. Don't watch the preseason,
2: is my But problem. as the uniformant, Dave, I know that you're keen on the uniforms. A Steelers-Cowboys matchup has to rank up pretty highly for you, though. Well, I always say
0: it, the the Steelers are considered the greatest dynasty of the twentieth century because in two head to heads in the biggest spot, two Super Bowls, ten and thirteen, Bradshaw, the guy who they said couldn't spell cat if you spotted him in the CNA, was good enough to take down the Navy's own Roger the Dodger Staubach. Not once but twice the Steelers reign supreme for all of time, thanks to those two victories. And the Steelers are the greatest dynasty of the entire century because of those two. The Cowboys give me no concern. I have. I, it's the same thing as when Bengals fans want to talk stuff to me, like Bengals fan, you're gum on my shoe. I'm. Not, you're not my rival. We defeat you in big games. All right, Super Bowl 30 against the Cowboys. But Neil O'Donnell, let's be honest. He wanted Larry Brown to feel good about himself. So he gave him the ball towards the end of the game. Um, But yeah, the Cowboys, I I, I have bigger fish to fry than worrying about uh, that fraudulent so-called America's team, America's team. As I've said, you know what? Let me tell you one more thing too. They can, they, they can put a star on their hat and they can uh, call themselves America's team. Meantime, there would be no America if in the mid-20th century the team is named after the heroes who forged the steel in those mills around Pittsburgh, PA, to build the tanks and the battleships and the artillery that defeated the Nazi scourge. If you don't love the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you don't love America and you don't love freedom. And I encourage you to take it up with Mussolini.
2: Ike, I well, think that might be them, a gr- yeah. that might be a great place to wrap. I mean, honestly, I I want whatever the Kool Aid that you're drinking, Dave. I want
1: see, some. See, see, the the Kool Aid is Dallas. Once you start talking to a Pittsburgh still fan and say Dallas, it sparks a whole. See, he came from the soul from that, that one. He came from his ancestors with That's that it. speech right there. They, that 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 wasn't even him out of there.
0: But I'm glad you're back, Shaq. Well, me too, and I just want to tell you this, Ike and, uh, and Mark. Look over my shoulder there. You see uh, I have a picture of the Steelers and Ravens. That's the Steelers' 21st century rival, um, and it always bears repeating if you're trying on the fence. like who, do, who's, who should I support in the best rivalry in sports in this millennium? And, of course, it's the Steelers, like I say, named after the heroes that forged the, uh, the battleships and the tanks, That defeated the Nazi scourge and the Ravens are named after a New York slash Bostonian who moved to Baltimore in the late stages of his life, got drunk and died. So you decide who you (laughs) want to root for as far as that goes. And by the way, I don't know what the Browns are going to be this year, but I'll leave you with this. I think the Steelers roster is better than the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody is talking, well, third place for the Steelers. How how are they going to beat Baker Mayfield and and the Browns? First of all, they're the Browns. How scared am I supposed to be after that's not 160 true. minutes? That's not,
1: that's not true. I like that's the roster, Ike, but the assumption I'm, I'm that not, Baker Mayfield talking, is the guy. I'm not talking about the roster, and I'm not talking about Baker Mayfield. Well, that's important, I'm ta- isn't I'm, it? I'm, I'm talking about the best offensive line. I'm talking about the best one-two punch when it comes down to running backs and Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. Sure. I'm talking about making the playoffs without OBJ. I'm talking about probably the deepest at tight ends. That's what I'm talking about. And they ain't even get on defense where they, I don't know, where they got eight first-round draft picks on that defensive side. That's what I'm not talking about. And you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to tip your hat off to them. They got a hell of a coach. So that's what they was missing a, a, a lot with that talent. And I ain't talking about when they came into Pittsburgh and just ran the ball. Just ran the ball. Hey, wow! Well, right? We also we, helped them out. To run right. Nope. Counting Help seven helped
0: them out in the first quarter. But I'll say this: the 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 weirdest, hey, the shake. weirdest Sometimes result. You got
1: to give credit. When I, credit I, dude,
0: I give credit, and I'll say
1: this: they got a good team.
0: The weird. Listen, they're my pick to win the division for sure. The question okay. I have is about Baker Mayfield, and that there's a lot of pressure on him. He's yeah. the guy who's got to carry it now. And is he? Ready? I didn't say his He's name got- one time. I, hear I didn't you. say no, his name one time. I, I, I get that you can to some degree hide him, but at some point he's got to make plays in big spots. So, okay, but a great offensive line. I do think it will be a favor to the Bengals and the Steelers and the Ravens if they end up giving him $40 million plus annually for five or six years. That will be a gift to the rest of the division if they end up making that mistake. The weirdest result was not the game. In Pittsburgh against Cleveland. It was the week before in Cleveland. The thing that gives me a little bit of pause before I completely commit to this Browns bandwagon stuff is what the hell happened when they had to win the game against the Steelers, Steeler second string. Remember, a lot of the best players yeah, on the Steelers correct. sat down in week agree. 17. Mason right. Rudolph 17, yeah. went in there. They almost lost to Mason Rudolph. They just about lost that. That that raises some concern for me, but I I'm with you. I think top to bottom, that roster is loaded up. It's the Ravens that give me some, some concern. I don't know that that offensive line is ready to roll. Lamar Jackson's going to need a good offensive line. And then the front seven defensively ain't exactly um, beyond reproach. It's, it's very talented, but it is old. And we've seen what happens when defenses get old. Calais on down, love Calais and the, the rest of those guys, but they're on the wrong side of 30. I don't be surprised if they fall to third place and the Steelers wind up in second. And again, I know it's easy to come up with all these re offensive line. And did you see Roethlisberger in the back end of the last year? And I don't know if they have enough depth. All I'll say is Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger have never had a losing season. It's not, and it hasn't been for three years. This is 17 years already. Yeah. I mean, how, how much cynicism must I muster to say that I think the Steelers are going to have a losing record? Come on, everybody. They're yep. getting to 10 at least. They're going to be yep. 10 and 7 at least.
2: I Ike, we talked about that a few weeks ago when the over-under win totals came out, and it was at 8.5, and, and we're looking at it, and it's like Mike Tomlin's entering year 15, and that's not on his resume to this point. So I'm with you there, Dave.
0: And one more thing, too, all the other cynicism out there about Najee Harris, where he got drafted, not whether or not he's talented enough to do it. It's just, oh, he shouldn't be a first-round pick. The actual mistake is not using a first-round pick on a running back. The mistake is giving him a big-time second contract. Tag him. I know that's that sounds mean-spirited to say – about uh, about a, a relative young man, whether it's Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, or otherwise. But the results are in, everybody. You do not give a guy 300 touches in, uh, in back-to-back years and then expect them at 25 to keep that role going. The collisions are too severe in the 21st century for that to be sustainable for most human beings. Najee Harris is going to be a stud for Pittsburgh for the next few years, and it will end up, in hindsight, being a great pick by Kevin Colbert. And I think uh, number nine, Ike Taylor, can sign off on that at least.
2: You can catch Dave yeah. damashek on the Extra Points podcast, Minus 3. Dave, I know you're everywhere. I've really enjoyed listening to what you and Cousin Sal have. And when Ike goes on your shows, I always tune in. For me today, it was just like set the topic up and just let old friends catch up. I always love – I like being a fly on the wall and just listening to you two go back and forth. It's an absolute treat.
0: I mean, I I would say I agree. It is a lot of fun, but I'm a little wounded that Ike hasn't offered his training services to me to get me right. <laughs> you know, I still have eligibility. I could still play, but he never offers it to me. Oh, I'm training so and so. Oh, this look out for this next guy. He just signed at Florida State. When's it Damashek's turn? That's what I want to know.
1: I don't. I don't want. I don't want Damashek coming to the training facility, and he's bringing Subway sandwiches with a whole lot of meat and candy from the stove. You set my guys up for failure.
0: Ike doesn't want the eye candy. He doesn't want the eye candy distracting the employee. We got we got work to do. Like, whoa, I can't hear you, Ike. Who's that handsome devil over there? Boy, that ruggedly handsome fella. Oh, yeah, well, wait. Uh, yeah, uh, here's the thing, Mark, and Ike knows this, and there's no way around this. Ike doesn't like this fact. <laughs> inconvenient truth for him he, he's a superhuman athlete and everything else but he knows that even though i may present is not the most macho guy ever <laughs> when it's clutch time when it's baby making time dave damashek is the only choice
1: i i, I think I, I i call it i call that being lazy
0: <laughs> i've made my love i've made my love Six, maybe seven times, and it's produced four babies. Who's got that sort of batting? You're lazy. You're lazy. You got beautiful kids, but
1: super lazy. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Hey, uh, your boy's looking uh, great, and he's going to be taller than you in the blink of an eye. It's nice to see the pictures and all the time you're spending with your guy down there. Appreciate it. Bergen, you're always a delight, too. Appreciate the support on social media and beyond. Keep the roll going, fellas. I'm enjoying it.
1: You call me a sharpshooter. That's what you call me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ironic, since I'm the one who sharp shot, sharp chat over. I don't know what I did. That's uh, I
1: didn't mean to work blue. Hey, though. stop! Stop being lazy. <laughs> you got you got you got it. You got it back, back. You got to back the truck up out the, the driveway. No, stop I'm I, in the
0: driveway. I'm going through menopause anyway. Like it doesn't matter anymore. It's a mood point. <laughs>
2: For Dave Damoshek and Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. want to give a shout out to John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, and her team over at Brinks TV for making us look good. Thank you to Dave. Ike, it's always great chopping up with you. And the sponsors of the Believe in Steelers podcast, Bet online and Moink. Check them, check them out. They're able to make this show what it is. Uh, Ike, that was a lot of fun with Dave. And uh, Dave, thank you for your time as well. Appreciate always it, Dave. Always great talking with you. Great times as always. Good catching up, fellas. Again, thank you to Dave Damaschek. For Mike Taylor, I'm Mark Berg, and we'll see you next week on the Believing in Steelers podcast. Take care and so long, everyone.
1: Please.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.